Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my friend Jared Barry and myself, Wes Easley, at Loafing It on Twitter. And you can find JB on Twitter at Fantasy Coach JB. And let me bring this guy in here right now who's just busy writing, he's busy doing things, and he finds time each and every week to join me here on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. How you doing, JB? Doing good, man. This is one of the best parts of my week. You kidding me? Fine time. I love this. I look forward to this every week. We're stuck on this, man, and they're stuck on us. It's the Fantasy Magnets every week, baby. And every single week we have a great time doing it, and I try to grow a little bit. You know, JB, I mean, I've been a great I, I want to say a great. I, I gave myself the moniker there. Great fantasy player in a bunch of amateur leagues. I say if my and if, if my amateur leagues that I've been a long time player in uh, <laughs> here that I called them amateur. I'm a dead man walking. I'm just. <laughs> I hope they don't listen. I just. Oh man, I just buried myself on the tw- on on my text feed this weekend. I'm in trouble. Uh, but if if uh, you know, I've always been a really good player. It's mostly just so searching the waiver wire, looking at targets, stuff like that but jb as as we continue to grow as analysts uh i I keep finding new avenues here new things to look at to try and continue my accuracy i guess it is which is really hard to do a lot of times jb because really we're trying to predict the future we're trying to do the things that that uh you know we can't tell what's going to happen on sunday here on thursday whenever we record this but man we try to dig deep in there for the fantasy magnet listeners just to give them more information Absolutely. I mean, we have to, because if we don't put in the work, Wes, then what's the difference between us and, and a quote unquote amateur? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're we're no, you know, uh, Matthew Berry, who's getting paid to do this okay. as a full time job on TV. But I know you, me, all the, the members of, of our team here and the FI Today crew and all of my friends and and your friends that are analysts and and have been climbing up this industry this year and and the years prior, we put in the work, man, and we have to put in the work because I, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of speaking for both of us, but I know when I have guys on Twitter that hit me up every week and ask for my advice. My boy Nick, who I didn't know from a hole in the wall, he just you know found me on Twitter. Maybe I answered one of his questions. Every week now he comes to me, and I'm as invested in Nick's team winning a championship this mm-hmm. week, this year, than I am in, in my own team. Because, you know, that's what we want to be able to do our work and, and grind and be able to put our friends, listeners, anybody who's following us in the best position to win a championship. And that's what we're here for. I know that's what brings me joy. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. I love to give good advice, and I hate it whenever I give so- get something wrong. And, you know, I, and, and hopefully the listeners can tell uh, by the tone of my voice whenever I'm going to get something wrong because I think I'm really emotional, and I think I'm very invested in things. And so you can tell when I'm kind of giving that knee-jerk reaction to, to something and, and, you know, that I'm just really emotionally invested. you got to take some things with a grain of salt. Like if you bring bring up Tua Tagovailoa, you know, you, you've known that <laughs> I have always been that, that guy who's saying that he may not succeed. He may not succeed in the NFL. So you got to take some things with a grain of salt whenever he has a great second half like he did last week. And it's just fun to watch things evolve, though. And I've been getting deeper and deeper into snap shares as you learn more websites and as you learn to start you know, mashing the right buttons and everything, you get to learn more and your analysis gets better and better. But like last week, you know, we, we talked about Aikens on here and everything set up for Aikens to have a good week and everything, everything from the sun being rising in the east or the west. Where, where's the sunrise? 
The West? It rises in the East and sets it rises in the, the East. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> you guys always get that first, and you guys are always running around there in New York. So it rises in the East, and just like it sets in the West, uh, Akins was supposed to have a great day, and he had a terrible day last week. And I, that's not my fault. You know, I, I will say that's not my fault. No, and you know what it was, Wes, and we'll dive into it a little bit when we get into that Houston game, but nobody saw Chad Hansen. Nobody knew who Chad Hansen was. We all expected Jordan Akins to play the slot role and Kiki QT to go out wide. They pulled a dude off the practice squad and made him into Will Fuller light for the week and let QT work out of the slot, and that affected Akins. He didn't play the role that we expected him to play. Had he played that role, he could have had the 100 yards that QT had. So who knows? No, he couldn't. Have. I'm, no, no, I'm not believing he could have, JB. <laughs> I can't say that he could have. And I, uh, but no, we're, we have a lot of fun doing that. And we're learning more and we're trying to bring more to our listeners. So one of the things that you're going to hear me say a lot today might be snap share, snap count, because I really started getting into that a lot more. I think that that's very important. Of course, the more time you see on the field, the more opportunities you have to be able to succeed. And I think the snap share get, allows us to be able to see some people here for our fantasy football playoffs that are going to be able to help us win maybe week. 15, week 16, whenever those Super Super Bowls or those championship games are for us, because those are the players that, that for me in the past have decided those championships, JB. So I hope to be able to shed some light on some of those people we need to watch for. Oh, absolutely, Wes. And something like snap shares and routes run and, mm-hmm. and the details like that are so important when you're analyzing football, because you can't just go off of what you see in the box score. And and I think I, a friend of the show, Andrew Cooper, is, is among the best people that I know in, in putting all that together. I mean, Ooh. he does, he dives so deep into that analysis and snap share and target share and routes run from different positions on the field. And he writes an article for Fantasy Alarm every week that's just lights out. And, and you know, it's it's so important to take those things into consideration when you're really diving into your analysis. Yeah, so as we continue to grow, we hope to bring all that information to you in a nice condensed version here on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And JB, our first game involves somebody that I'm terribly nervous about going into not only this week, but in the rest of the season as well. The Arizona Cardinals versus those New York Giants, JB. Uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this. This may be the last time, the last year we see Larry Fitzgerald kind of suit up, you know, and we may not even see him suit up for the rest of the season. I don't know where his COVID stuff is today. Have you heard anything new? Has he been activated off the list? So from what I heard is that it looks like he will be back this week. And I don't know that he'll be fantasy relevant, but that's good for the whole offense in general. Yeah, especially because Kyler Murray is now throwing the ball about two yards downfield, I think, uh, on average. <laughs> it, it, it started up uh, each and every game. He was he was having an increase in yards per depth, I guess, that he threw the ball. And now it's regressed again just suddenly over the last couple of games. And now he's throwing it like two yards instead of four yards, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But when, that, when the defense can just start bringing everything up to the line of scrimmage and now Kyler's not running as much anymore, it just really stifled that offense a lot. So maybe having Larry Fitzgerald out of the slot will make them respond respect that uh, slot receiver a little bit more. Absolutely. And they needed that. And I think a guy like Christian Kirk, who was booming before Murray had that shoulder injury and that offense kind of went off the cliff. I think it's going to benefit a guy like Kirk also, who can now not worry about running those routes to make up for Fitzgerald not being there and could go back to playing the game that he was successful in those weeks prior. So I think it's good for the whole offense that Larry's back this week. 
And I know I've been talking about being scared of Kyler. So Kyler's got the New York Giants, which is a great defense right now, right? I mean, they're playing out of their mind good right now. And then they have Philly and then San Francisco kind of to round off these playoff things. And that just really, really makes me nervous. And I could see Arizona fighting for their playoff lives. But, you know, if if, if Kyler's shoulder is a little bit messed up and all of a sudden they drop out of the playoffs, I could see them taking their young star and saying, look, fella, let's sit on the sideline. Let's mail it in this year. Let's think about next year a little bit more right now. We don't need you to get any more hurt. So I, I'm scared as a Kyler Murray owner in a couple of different places to uh, continue to roll him out there without a contingency plan of having another quarterback yeah and and everybody who's a Kyler Murray manager this year is worried right now because Kyler's the guy who got you to the fantasy playoffs basically you know he had this awesome beginning slash middle of the season I know my Razbol team he got me to the championship bracket and then these last three weeks has just completely fallen off the cliff and now I'm eliminated so I I had a lot of eggs in that basket and and it hurt me and and I'm sure it's hurting a lot of Kyler managers out there so hopefully you were able to pair him with a solid backup I know a lot of people were able to grab like a Justin Herbert and they're lucky because if you got Murray and then you got Herbert that you could fall back on or now you know you've been starting Herbert so I think you have to have a backup plan Wes you're right I think if they do fall out of playoff contention I could see them resting the the future of their franchise there Thankfully, they're, I think they're 6-6 six and six right now, and everybody's kind of jumbled up there in that 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven range. But, man, I, I just, I'm really nervous. So what about their wide receivers, JB? You see anybody that you're loving this week or anybody that you might be repelled against? So I'm not really repelled against them, but I'm not really stuck on them either, if you think about it. So, like, you know, obviously you love DeAndre Hopkins. He's a top-tier wide receiver, but he's had a couple of down weeks which correlates to Murray's couple of down weeks. And now he draws that James Bradbury shadow. So it's going to be a tough matchup for Hopkins. I think if anything, if anybody gets a boost, I mentioned it before, it's going to be Christian Kirk. He gets Yadam on the other side. So I think he would be the one that, you know, could have a sneaky game, but I'm not really attracted to any of them. I'm not really attracted to your boy, little Kenny this week. The giants have a strong front. Dexter Lawrence up front and Leonard Williams up front is going to just shut the, I I think they're going to shut that middle down. This could be another low scoring game. The Giants, you saw what they did to Seattle last week. So I'm a little nervous to stick with anybody in Arizona this week and season long, you kind of have to, but I do it wary. Yeah, well, thankfully, I've clinched a playoff spot in one of those leagues that I'm in with Kyler Murray, so I can just kind of sit back and relax a little bit and prepare for the, the huge playoffs. That we, we, We're on a different playoff schedule. I don't, don't ask me why. I'm just, I roll with the punches, JB. Those New York Giants came off of a huge win, like you said, against the Seattle Seahawks last week. And I'm just going to tell you, Wayne Gallman is the man. Okay, I don't understand what in the world they did picking up Freeman off the waiver wire. I can only imagine what their record would be like if they would have stuck with Gallman after Barkley went down with an injury. I know Alfred Morris kind of vultured a couple of touchdowns last week, but that was only because Wayne Gallman was so tired of getting it up and down the field. They had to take a break. Yeah, I hate when that happens. He breaks off a huge run, comes out for a spell, and then gets vultured for the touchdown. So I agree with you. He's looked lights out. And I don't think we've we've mentioned it before on the show. I don't think the Giants knew what they had in Gallman. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have wasted the time on Freeman once Saquon went down. But Gallman has been playing awesome. I think he's in another good spot this week. The Cardinals defense is not very impressive. They've been really struggling. So I think with Daniel Jones back this week also, I'm going to continue to be attracted to Gallman as well as Evan Ingram, 
but I'm not exactly attracted to those wide receiver options, even in a pretty decent matchup. Really? See, I, see, I, I would say that we're going to lean a little bit heavier even on Sterling Shepard. I wouldn't mind starting him above all those guys. He just really has a safe floor. It seems that's where Daniel Jones and I kind of go to with him and Ingram. And definitely that volume is there for Ingram. And, and JB, that New York Giant defense, like you said, that is a great option, a great streaming option, even against these Arizona Cardinals, if you happen to be playing DFS in some shape or way or form, because Arizona always has that high point total that people get scared away from. And the New York Giants, so I think in really shut him down. It's a great sleeper spot to be a contrarian New York Giant defensive player pick. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Cincinnati Bengals and JP, I got to apologize to you because, you know, you were you were you were hoping that I'd be able to show out a little bit better inside that uh, Hunger Bowl game that we had. I was going to be able to upset Pierre a little bit. And and dog Michael Gallup was sitting on my bench because. But I once again, how are you supposed to play Michael Gallup against the Baltimore Ravens, man? I mean, how was I supposed to do that, JP? I got to apologize to you, bro. No, you can't apologize for that. I mean, nobody really had faith in Gallup. Gallup, and I ended up not holding my end of the bargain anyway. I fell into the Jordan Aikens trap and ended up playing myself out of a spot by starting Aikens over somebody oh, no. who I really shouldn't have started him over. So I, I really played myself out of a playoff spot there, and I, I was really disappointed in it. But it happens. You make those bad calls. You get you get take locked on something, and, and it ends up hurting you. So I've made mistakes before. I'll make them again, and I'll admit to them. So it didn't matter what you did, Wes. I played myself out of that playoff spot. <laughs> well, and, and by the way, I'm putting a, an official shout-out to Miss Hope and Kingsman that they, they owe me something for having such a terrible draft. They got such good players that they were. What, what are they, in the top 10 or something of that yep. Hunger Bowl right now? <laughs> Yep. Yep. So they're welcome. They're welcome. And no, that wasn't on purpose, by the way. I just I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready for that draft room. That was crazy. He had me all nervous, JB. He had me crying in my in my in my fantasy draft uh, notes as we now. Hey, Andy Dalton, though, this is Andy Dalton revenge game, and he has played really well for us as far as from a fantasy standpoint, a lot better than what he did before he went on the concussion and, and the COVID break there that he had. He's 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 actually been pretty good. I'm not gonna say great, but he's been pretty good. Yeah, he has. I mean, he's been good enough that you could start him as a, you know, kind of a back-end QB1 in this matchup. I think it the revenge game narrative actually does hold some weight in this one because, I mean, he was, I guess you can kind of call him the face of the franchise for a little while in Cincinnati, replaced by the shiny new toy who's, you know, now a generational talent who unfortunately won't be playing this week. But, you know, I think this is a revenge game where he wants to come in and show, hey, I did still have a little something left in my tank and I'm going to show it to you this week. So I, I think it could be a decent spot to throw Dalton out there if you need to stream. Yeah, and I really like how he looks for Amari Cooper. I, I tried to get rid of Amari Cooper at some point during the season in the leagues that I had him in, and everybody was like, he doesn't have any value. He doesn't have any value. And I was looking at the targets, and I was like, well, he does have some value because they do see him there, and Andy Dalton does like to throw the ball to him, and he's kind of he's proven that to be true. He's got a pretty good double-digit low floor right now. I'm not going to say his ceiling is tremendously high, but he has a nice little floor, and I think he's got a good matchup this week. Well, I don't know that he does, and I think that he will still get the target, so I'm going to stick with him in season long, but I'm afraid of the William Jackson matchup a little bit. He's been playing really well, former first-round pick. He's been kind of the lone bright spot lately in that Cincinnati defense, so I think he's going to be 
covering Cooper a lot of the time. He'll be traveling with Cooper. And I think the guy with the best matchup this week is going to be C.D. Lamb out of the slot against Mackenzie Alexander. So I think Lamb is a guy who I'm going to be looking to get into my DFS lineups and I could definitely use the flex guy in my playoff season long matchup. Now, I know Zeke was normally like a number three pick in a lot of draft rooms going into the season. I'm curious as to where you think Ezekiel Elliott might get drafted next year. I know we got to play him in season long most of the time whenever you have him right now, especially against the Cincinnati Bengals. I can't see you having a bunch of better options than Ezekiel Elliott. But I'm just thinking about next year. And has he fallen out of that top round? Has he fallen out of the number out of a, a first round draft pick? I don't think so. I think he'll still be a back-end first-rounder. I think it's going to depend on what happens in the draft rooms next year as far as the wide receivers go. You know, this year you only saw one or two wide receivers go in the first. I think you might see three or four next year. Mm -hmm. So that could push Zeke out of the first, but I think he'll still be a back-end first-rounder. Okay. Will DeAndre Hopkins fall out of that first round? I don't know. I, I think he'd probably be in that same range. Okay. I, I think right. he'd probably, I, I would, I would probably look at him as like a, a second rounder. Speaking of draft rooms where, you know, kind of that late first round, early second round draft pick, Joe Mixon was one of those guys that everybody picked up. I don't think he's coming back. The rumor was that he was, I don't know that he is. What's the latest on him, JB? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's been the mystery, and everybody's been kind of wondering if he's even going to play the rest of this year. And at, at this point, I don't see why. You know, you're rolling out a backup quarterback. Why are you going to put him out there? There's no sense. Let let Mr. Mustache Gio Bernard get out there and yes, get some so. burn. There's no sense in, in putting Mixon out there if he's not 100%. Mr. Mustache. That's how my that's how my five year old says mustache. She says mustache. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I don't know either. I don't know that I'd necessarily be playing Gio Bernard. I don't mind though looking towards Sample. Depending on who the quarterback is going to be, and I you know I don't want to start either quarterback. But Sample had seven targets, seven catches last week. Not too bad. Whenever you're looking at a tight end field, where it just seems like you want some kind of target share at some point, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, and he's, he'll be a decent dart throw. You know, we talk about after those top seven or so tight ends, it's really a, a three for 32 and who gets the touchdown. And if you're getting the targets that Sample's getting, you know, you kind of like that. I think that it's a good matchup against that Dallas secondary for a lot of those pass catching options, even with Allen behind center. And I think it is going to be Allen. I think they, he said that he was fine from the, the chest injury and and T. Higgins said he's fine from his hamstring tweak. So I have T. Higgins as one of my sexy flexes this week in a good matchup against Dallas. And I think Higgins and Boyd are both guys that I'm going to stick with this week. Oh, that sounds like a good thing. Pierre said A.J. Green might be in a good spot, too, because he, you know, he's going against uh, Dalton. And I said, you know, Pierre, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's true or not, because I could see A.J. Green just walking over from the Cincinnati sideline, walking over to the Dallas Cowboys sideline, putting on a Cowboys uniform and a helmet and say, I'm back with you, Andy. I'm back with you right now. <laughs> yeah, look, he might want to show off for for his old uh, quarterback, but you know, if he's not getting the targets, which it looks like he's, he's kind of fading out of that offense. So, you know, there's, yeah, he might want to do something to show off for Andy, but if he doesn't get the ball thrown on him, not much he could do. Right. Right. 30, I think he's 3,100 on DraftKings or something like that. Just a really cheap price for an AJ green Denver at the Carolina Panthers. JB. uh, I don't know who any of these Carolina Panther wide receivers are. 
right now. I just I don't know. You know, last uh, two weeks ago, Denver played without a quarterback, and this week, Carolina's barely playing with any wide receivers. What's going on in the NFL this year, buddy? Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad they still have Robbie Anderson, and he didn't yeah. fall fall into the COVID uh, COVID uh, whatever that's going on there. I mean, they, you're going to be looking at Farrow Cooper and who's the other guy, Zilstra. Yeah, Brandon so. <laughs> Zilstra, like an undrafted guy from Concordia. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's going to be a tough one for Teddy. It doesn't look like McCaffrey is going to play. I don't no. know. It's still up in the air. You're going to have to watch the injury report tomorrow and, and even up to game time. But, you know, he, he popped up with another leg injury this week coming off of the bye. We thought we were going to get him back, and everyone was excited to get him back in the lineup for playoffs. And now he looks questionable, too. So I, I don't know. This whole offense looks questionable now. I think the only one I would stick with is Robbie A. Yeah, I'd probably have to as well. But I could see him even getting a break halfway on the sideline, you know, through half the game, because this one may turn out to be a Denver steamrolling right now. In their backfield, they seem to really be at a 50-50 share right now. And and I, I Lindsey has got all these rushing attempts, but he only rushes for like two yards a carry. I don't I don't. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. I thought he was elusive. I thought he was, you know, this little reception back, and he hardly didn't catch any passes, I think, last week at all. And he just keeps running right into these big fellas who right are who are right in front of him, JB. I don't know what to do with this backfield other than start Melvin Gordon, who looks like he's just ready to explode at some point. Yeah, and it's a bit of a misconception that Lindsay is a little scat back that's a receiving back. He's not. He's one of the worst pass-blocking uh, blitz pickup running backs in the league so they don't use him very much on those third down plays because he gets run over by blitzers and and I think that Gordon's a guy who's better suited for that role so I I, I, I gotta be careful not to speak too poorly on Lindsay because I know Linda mm-hmm. and Kev love mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay so I don't <laughs> want to get yelled at on Monday night show for bad-mouthing Lindsay but I can't really trust him and especially if I'm in a playoff matchup I'm not starting him even in a flex I think I can stick with Melvin Gordon. He had a good game last week. This Carolina defense has really come on, though, Wes. This is another one of those games where I I think I'm going to be playing the under on this one. I I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. The Panthers defense is one that's very low-priced on FanDuel. That could be a sneaky play after a couple of really solid defensive outings that they had right before their bye week. So, I I mean, Denver has weapons. You know, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, even Patrick we saw last week with two touchdowns. But I don't know that I could trust Drew Locke to be consistent to get them the ball and and score points. So I think this could be a very low scoring game. So I'm a little timid to play both sides of this ball. I can understand that. Noah Fanta is in a great little smash spot for him, according to PFF, though. And so far, those tight end rankings on PFF have done a very good job, in my opinion. Uh, Sometimes better than I can do. even they had Aikens in a good spot last week, though, JB. Okay, let me just say that. So that <laughs> Everybody not everything, did. Not everything is foolproof. Houston versus Chicago in the next little matchup. I love Deshaun Watson's passion, man. I, I just, I'm sorry. He's a winner, and this is not trying to get into this. You should have picked him over Mitch Trubisky narrative or anything <laughs> like that. It, it's really not. Uh, it is, you know, we have Mitch Trubisky. It is what it is. But uh, Deshaun Watson is one of those guys, though, who I don't know how you can pass up whenever you're in a draft room with him. But, uh, because now even you see him on the sideline wanting to win a game 
that is is I'm not going to say meaningless, but I mean they didn't have really playoff aspirations. I mean yeah, maybe they did inside that locker room, but you know also on the sidelines we're like that's not a playoff team. And and he just really wanted to win. JB, I love that passion out of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean he he's a gamer. You could see how fired up he is every time he plays the game, and I love watching him play. He's he's just he's one of those guys who plays the game with a passion, plays the game right. You know he he. And from a fantasy perspective, you got to love him because he throws the ball so much and he throws for, you know, 300 yards. And it just it's so deflating to watch. They drove down the field at the end of that game last week and they were set up to score the game winning touchdown and fumbled the snap. And did you see him just sitting there on the ground, just like like somebody popped a bubble? And I just I felt so bad for him because, you know, he. He had that. He had the momentum. He drove them down there to win the game. And then just this team just, I don't know, they're 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 snake bitten this year, I think. Well, they may be snake bitten for a while, but I'll tell you what, he improves all those offensive players so much. Uh, do you think that the wide receivers and look, take this with a grain of salt, because the Chicago Bear defense is not the Chicago Bear defense of old. I think they've given up over 30 points the last two games. One of those games were against Detroit. The other game was against Green Bay. So uh, those are supposed to be interdivisional games where the point totals go down, right? Because you know each other so well. That's not the case anymore. I think that the Houston uh, Texans can have a really good game this week against the Chicago Bear defense, JB. Am I thinking wrong on that? No, you're not. And this is a game that I'm targeting in DFS. I I don't know. Like there's, there's a guy on each side of the ball that I'm in love with this week. And, and I think that I'm still saying that the bears outside cornerbacks are still very good. I know they've kind of taken a step back from where they were in the beginning of the year, but I think Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson are, are one of the best outside cornerback duos in the league. And I think what I what I touched on before is that this guy, Chad Hansen, that came in from the practice squad last week, they put him in that outside wide receiver position. So you got Cooks on one side and you got Hansen on the other. Now, Hansen looked great last week. He had over 100 yards. I was watching that game a lot. So I, I was watching the catches he was making and he looked like a shorthanded receiver. And this is a guy who hasn't done much. He was drafted in 2017 by the Jets and hasn't played since 2017. So, I mean, he, he wasn't expected to do much and he looked really good. This week, he's going to be on the outside opposite Brandon Cooks. They're going to draw those two outside cornerbacks, and that's going to leave Kiki QT in the slot against Buster Screen. And that's a matchup that I love to exploit. Buster Screen is my second favorite punching bag to target a wide receiver against in DFS. So I'm going to be locked and loaded on Kiki QT again this week. All right. That sounds good. And I love what you said about Chad Hanson. 92% of the snaps for somebody they called up off the practice squad. <laughs> Yep. That's just yep. that's just funny whenever you look at it. And he looked it. good. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. On the other side of things, Mitch has had kind of a rough year, right? I mean, uh, up and down, up and down for this guy. Started out as a starter, but of course, in the off season, uh they they brought in, you know, his backup that was going to end up taking over the job. It was obvious in everybody's mind that he was going to end up doing that. And then then he finally does and it gets pulled halftime of the game whenever they're undefeated. Just a really weird year for him, you know. And and I I like both of these quarterbacks personally, personally, maybe not. Maybe I don't want Mitch as my quarterback uh, for all my team for the for the long haul of things. But, man, I just I feel sorry for Mitch Trubisky. 
I do too, and I, I don't think he's as bad as as he's been. I mean, the offensive line hasn't been great for him either, and I don't even know. I mean, there's still rumblings that oh, Foles is healthy again now. He might take the job back this week. So I don't know. What are you hearing on Bears' side over there? No, I, I don't. I don't hear any clear news at all coming out of that because everybody's kind of speculative, and they're top secret now over there uh, in in McCaskey Hall in Chicago and everything. They're they're just being on top secret alert right now, so they're not letting anything out of there. I still think it's going to be Mitch's job because the team has just played better offensively with him instead of Nick Foles, and I think that's his job. Especially they really liked how David Montgomery's been running the ball a little bit better this time of year, which makes it easier on any kind of quarterback back JB yeah and I, and I think that it's another smash spot for Montgomery this is this is one of those things we talked about a few weeks ago when when Montgomery was just two yards and down two yards and down and and everyone was looking at it like all right but that second half schedule that that playoff schedule is really good for him and and one of the leagues that I am in the playoffs I do have him thankfully and I've been rolling him out there and I'm going to continue to roll him out there this week it's a smash spot for him, and it's a good good matchup against this Houston defense. And the guy that I'm really locked in on, regardless of who plays quarterback, is going to be Allen Robinson this week. He's, he's a top 10 wide receiver for me this week because he's going up against my number one favorite punching bag, Vernon Hargraves, to target. <laughs> so on both sides of the ball, you got Vernon Hargraves and Buster Screen. These are two of the guys that I love to go after. So I'm playing Allen Robinson, and I'm playing my man QT in all my DFS lineups this week and just going after those two cornerbacks that I love to pick on. And I think in Chicago, we got to make sure everybody knows, you know, Jimmy Graham's gone down to 49% of the snaps there in Chicago and Cole Komet's gone all the way up to 78% and he's been scoring. He's been doing really good in fantasy uh, looks. So if Cole Komet is out there and you're struggling for a tight end, he might be somebody who's getting a lot of run here at the end of the season, especially whenever Jimmy Graham knows that the team's not going to make the playoffs. Uh, trust me, Jimmy Graham was more the problem whenever I watched Bears film than he was the solution, okay? And Javon Wims is also bumped up to about 41% of the snap shares, and Mooney is out there all the time, JB. 81% of the time Mooney's running around out there on the field. He's just one completed pass, and I don't know that the Bears have the quarterbacks to be able to complete a pass to him, but he's just one completed pass from taking a big one to the house. Yeah, he is, and that's a boom or bust type of play that you could roll the dice on. I do like the Cole Komet call. He got seven targets last week, scored a touchdown, and he is becoming that main receiving tight end there I think that that's what they want from him so I think that he is and he's only 4600 on FanDuel so he's a, he is the best pay down option in my opinion if you're going to pay down in DFS for a tight end this week Okay, JB. People liked it. People told me they liked this little segment last week. So uh, these are all the players on my page. And so let's let's go ahead and choose them. You rank a big boy. Don't take too long because we got a big show. Uh, Schultz versus Sample. Who would you rather have? Sample. Sample or Comet? Comet. Comet or Font? Fant. Fant or Ingram? Ingram. All right, there you go. Ingram's the winner there on that page. Very good. Uh, let's see here. As far as wide receivers go, I can't even read that name. It is so small, JB. I must have had better eyes than 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 the one I – no, okay, no. I put no name on there. I don't know what that means. Would you rather have – oh, because these are a bunch of no-name receivers, it seems like, in my world, right? Cincinnati or Denver, which, which wide receiving core would you rather have and pick one out of that group that you'd rather have? T. Higgins. T. Higgins. T. Higgins or anybody from the Panthers? Robbie Anderson. 
Robbie Anderson or anybody from the Giants? <laughs> Robbie Anderson. Really? Robbie Anderson or anybody from Houston? <laughs> Kiki Cutie. Okay, Cutie. Okay, and I say that because, you know, all these names are people from the streets right now. You know, you think about Carolina, you think about people from Houston, you think about the players from Denver right now, and they're just players that, that like, we weren't going into the year drafting these guys. I guess Robbie Anderson, we were drafting Robbie Anderson, but uh, mostly all the other people, not much at all, and, and you're putting Cutie above Robbie Anderson right now, yep. which just seems funny. Cutie or, I guess, Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson. A Rob or any of the Arizona Cardinal receivers? Ooh, I, this week I, I give A Rob the knob. Okay, A Rob, boy, that's isn't that something? Because DeAndre Hopkins was is just that guy, right? But in a different well, I look kind of at offense. it as yeah. I mean, that's that's what makes that decision tough, Wes. But you look at it as DeAndre Hopkins getting Bradbury, and you Johnson getting Vernon Hargraves. And I don't know that at any time this year that that would be a terrible decision even because in this offense with Kyler Murray, even if he was healthy, he still wasn't like crushing it. Maybe he had those one couple games and that big 50-yard touchdown Hail Mary catch, but he hasn't just been crushing it like like he did last year. Right, Allen Robinson or any of the Dallas wide receivers? Allen Robinson. There you go, Allen Robinson, the winner there. Hey, hey, Rob. All right. Boy, I'm going <laughs> to miss seeing him in a Bears uniform. Uh, uh, <laughs> I really am. Any of the running backs for the Denver Broncos or DJ, David Johnson, for the Houston Texans? I'll go Melvin Gordon slightly. Melvin Gordon or if Mixon plays, Mixon? I don't think he's going to play, so I'll go Melvin Gordon. Gordon or Drake? Mm, tough matchup for Drake, so I'll stick with Gordon. Gordon or Zeke? I'll lean Zeke. Wow. A Zeke or Gallman? Ooh, can't believe that I'm about to say Gallman over Zeke. <laughs> I can't believe I, it, but that's that's my pick. Gallman or I'm gonna I'm just gonna say Mike Davis because CMC is not gonna play now. So uh, Gallman or Davis? Um, you know what? I'll go Davis because I think they have no weapons on offense and they're gonna need him to be involved in the passing game also. So I'm just gonna let me just put this out there, okay? Because this is so funny the way this looks. I, up here at the very first part, I got Mixon, Gordon, Drake. And Zeke, right? Those were the first four, and those are the worst four that I gave you a choice of, right? Now, out of the last three, it was Gallman, Montgomery, and Mike Davis. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. And David Montgomery is the winner. Who would have thought? No, that, I mean, it's just funny when you look at it on paper. At least it's funny to me. Too bad our listeners cannot look at it on paper. All right, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Would you rather have the Cincinnati quarterback, whoever that is, or the New York Giant quarterback, whoever that ends up being this week? I think it's going to be Daniel Jones, so I'll go with Jones. Jones or Locke? Jones. Uh, Jones or Teddy? Jones, because Teddy has no weapons. Mr. Jones and JB. <laughs> uh, jo uh, Jones or Dalton? Ooh, revenge game. Um, I'll swing over to Dalton barely. Barely. Okay, barely. Dalton or Mitch? Who's put up, you know, pretty good fantasy numbers, almost twenty points. I think we could pencil him for about twenty points this week. Yeah, maybe eighteen or so, and I think that'll be close to where Dalton's at too. They're both pretty much on the same level, but I'll I'll, I'll keep the theme of letting the Bears win this. I hope my friend Jeremy's listening. He's a big Bears fan too, so I hope he's listening. I'll go Mitch. Hail to Chicago Bears, uh, Mitch or Murray? Murray. <laughs> Murray. Oh, I, I can't believe I thought about that. Murray or who? Oh, Deshaun Watson. That's easy right there. Yeah, I'll go Watson there. 
Okay, all right, Watson, turn the page, JB. Time to, I'm, I'm in a singing mood. The coffee has kicked in. I told you I was feeling a little bit sluggish, and the coffee nice. kicks in. Do you, do you drink coffee? Are you a big coffee guy? I need my coffee in the morning, but I usually only drink my morning coffee. Like, I need that to get me going in the morning and, and be able to function throughout the day, but I, I'm not an afternoon coffee guy because then it affects me going to sleep. What about coffee from, like, Starbucks or a uh, gas station? Which would you rather have? Uh, I'm not really a fan of either. I'm I'm more of a Dunkin' fan um, if I was going to get coffee somewhere. Uh, not really a big gas station coffee guy, even though, fun fact, that WB Law coffee that you see in the gas station sometimes, my uncle drew that logo. So, fun fact. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, that's that is a little fun fact. I'm a coffee station. Uh, going to I don't I Starbucks. I, it's burnt. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. Burnt. Exactly. And, and I'm not going to wait in line all that time for a cup of coffee, man. I like going into a gas station. Those are my kind of people, JB. Plus, I I got things to read in there, like the bathroom walls. Okay. So that's what I like to do. Hey, yeah, my buddy. I don't see you as a guy, Wes, that'll go up to the counter and ask for a venti mocha latte with almond milk <laughs> and whatever. So I, I don't I don't see you as that kind of guy. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, our, our buddy Bobby, uh, who does the Fit Picks with us, which, by the way, we haven't done any Fit Picks this week. I've been a little bit behind on that. But uh, the Fit Picks with us uh, at Foster Family on Twitter, or he's he just texted our little text group here, and he says the SEC is leaving CBS after 2023. ABC becomes the home after that for the SEC football. Wow. <laughs> That's big news. I mean, that's big news because SEC is the, uh, you know, that, that's the major theme for the NFL is drafting all the SEC players right now. And I don't know what CBS is going to have after that. If that's going to be an ABC thing and an ESPN thing, that's huge. That's that's a huge steal from them, just to be honest Yeah, it's with a you. big loss for them. They're going to have to make up for it by grabbing something, but I don't know what at this point. Water polo. I hate water. <laughs> yeah, water polo is so weird. How do they get the horses to swim like that? I don't know. All right. <laughs> Kansas City versus Miami is the next game. Kansas City versus Miami. So many almost points for Kansas City, JB. I played in the Baby Bowl this year. Fantastic contest, by the way. If you're not a part of the Baby Bowl, you are missing out on that. Rob Norton, one of our other buddies here at the Fantasy Impact Today Network, he put that together. And it has been one of the better contests that I've been a part of. Uh, elimination player tournament thing. And it has been a lot of fun and has been very, very challenging for a lot of play, a lot of different players in there. So it's really, really fun. And I had the Kansas City Chiefs lined up last week while everybody else burned them at the beginning of the year. And there were so many almost points left there on the field, JB, with Tyreek Hill uh, catching the football but calling it complete. Nobody knew he caught it except for everybody at home on the sofa saying, review, review, review. Andy Reid couldn't hear all that. And then the little backflip that he did again this time that the got caught. Boy, I missed out on being a winner of the Baby Bowl one week. I missed it. But this Kansas City Chief team is in a smash spot, I believe, versus the Miami Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins' defense has, has been playing pretty well, so I, I think that you looked at yes last week against Denver, and, and I think if Miami was watching that, they might have picked something up, because you didn't expect Denver to hang in that game with Kansas City either. On the flip side of that, you could say, well, Kansas City wants to put the foot on the gas pedal again now, after almost falling to Denver, and, and might want to pick it back up. So I think even though this Dolphins' defense is a good defense and has been playing well this is a team who's got some playoff aspirations even though their tough schedule might not allow that to happen they are still trying to get that playoff spot so they're going to play them tough but I think that the weakness on the Dolphins defense is their slot cornerback Nick Needham and that's where Tyreek Hill runs a lot of his routes from I don't know yeah. if we're going to see another you know 500 yard game out of him but it's going to be another smash spot for Tyreek Hill this week 
Yeah, and anytime I see that kind of smash spot, I'm always thinking they're going to do really, really well. And, of course, we can fire up Kelsey. Is there any any concern at all, or is it just the health concerns of uh, Le'Veon Bell getting 52% of the snaps last week? Well, I, I think CEH was sick. Right. I think part of part of that was that he had some illness he was battling during the week. And not a lot of people saw that coming. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter surprised by it. That's why we got to pay attention to the reports all week long. So I, I don't think there's anything to it. I think it was just a matter of CEH not being healthy. And I think he'll be back to his regular role this week. Okay. All right. So I think so, too. And definitely one of the things I saw from Le'Veon Bell, he wasn't a starter for the Kansas City Chiefs is, is what I saw. So we're going to fire up Kelsey. We're going to fire up CEH this week or no? Um, it's a tough matchup, but I think that, you know, if, if your game script is right and they get out to a lead with a couple of Tyreek touchdowns, there'll be some volume there for him, even in a tough matchup. So I think he's a low end RB two this week. Okay. Every time I get done uh, getting better uh, after I was sick, I always feel like I can run through a brick wall. So I'm wondering if CEH isn't going to feel that this week. For Miami, Tua had his best week last week that he's had, I think, since he was a starter. Uh, it, it just, you know, it looks like to me that he's maybe looking at a different level. He's definitely found the Jaseki connection that we have been waiting for all year long. Yeah, and he made a phenomenal catch for a touchdown last week. That was, that was exactly what a lot of us have been waiting for and hoping for. And hopefully that connection stays for all of us that stuck with him. And all of us that just want to see him succeed, I think Tua needs him and needs to go to him in order for that to happen. I think the guy who has the best matchup in this offense this week is going to be Gaskin, though, because you can see that you could run against Kansas City. And Gaskin is also a guy who can catch passes out of the backfield. So I think Tua is going to rely on him to get the ground game going to open up the passing game and also use him as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah, this is going to be Tua's biggest challenge, I think, too, since the Los Angeles Rams, uh, just because that Kansas City Chief team is so fast, so fast out there running around. And I did, uh, JB, I even put playoffs with a little question mark and Gaskin right next to it because I think he can be a, a league winner right now. Uh, Gaskin could be because it's just, just the matchups that he has coming up. Uh, what about Parker? What about any of those wide receivers? Would you stick with Parker this week or are you repelled by him? Well, you know what? The Kansas City secondary has been improving, and I think that Traverius Ward is a decent cover corner. So I don't know that I trust Parker that much. I mean, I, outside of just being like a flex option, if I got better options at my wide receiver two spots, I, I would go there instead this week. Okay, lots of lot of tight end play on the field for Miami, but Gasecki seems to be the guy there. In Minnesota, in Tampa Bay, your Buccaneers are taking on and welcoming the Minnesota Vikings to their house. And Kirk Cousins has been red hot. Can he do that again against your Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense? I don't think so. I think coming off a bye, the Bucs had been focused on shoring up that defense after being torched a couple of weeks. You know, they their defense looked very strong in the beginning of the season and they faced a couple of bad matchups a couple of tough matchups obviously the Tyreek Hill outburst and I think guys like like Carlton Davis and really went into that bye week with something to prove and, and want to come out of that fired up with something to prove that being said I think this game can be a shootout so I think that these guys are still going to be viable plays. Obviously, you're going to start Adam Thielen you're going to start Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I don't know that I trust Cousins to put up the points without the interceptions. And I do think if I'm going to pick one of those two receivers, I'm going to pick Jefferson because I think Thielen's going to get a shadow from Carlton Davis, who's fired up. And I don't think Jamel Dean is healthy yet. 
So that means Jefferson will probably see a lot of Sean Murphy bunting, who is very beatable. So I like Jefferson a lot this week. It's probably a top six, top seven wide receiver option. I like that call, and I think Jefferson has got the safer floor out of both of those receivers for some reason. When you look at the fantasy points week in and week out, he just he seems to produce each and every week. And Kyle Rudolph was one of those guys that was a big disappointment last week as well for a lot of people, and I can't see him playing very well in this game uh, either. Against, tell me Now, tell me, though, about these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is Tom Brady going to be a little bit rusty this week, or is he going to be completely gold after having a week off? And tell me who you like in that wide receiver core, JB. So I think that he is going to come out rested and fired up, looking to prove something. Look, we're still fighting for a playoff spot. And yeah, we're we're in a wild card spot right now. But I think that Brady's going to want to come out and, and establish something again. It's been a rough couple of weeks. So he's going to come out firing this week against a secondary that is very vulnerable. So I do like all of the pass catchers on the Buck side of the ball. Now, coming into the week, I really liked Mike Evans. But he missed practice today. Um, He's dealing with another injury. And as long as he's banged up, I'm putting all my focus on Godwin. Because I think, yes, he missed a couple. Or he was limited in practice because he had a couple of pins removed from that surgically repaired finger that he had. Mm -hmm. But he's good. He'll be good to go. And I think that, you know, he's got a great matchup in the slot against Gladney. So I think he should be able to take advantage of that. And I think even Brown is, is viable this week. Boy, I don't know. I got burned by Brown a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be hard for me to trust him again. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I think the Buccaneers, to have success in the playoffs, just need to go ahead and commit 15 to 20 touches for Rojo, man. Get Fournette off the field and make sure you get your get the ball in the hands of a really good playmaker in Rojo. Yeah, and Bruce Arians even said that going into the bye after last game is that we really need to get Ronald Jones more involved. He's got to have 20 touches a game. And I, I hope that that's what they plan on doing coming out of the bye. Because, yeah, Fournette could be a good late-game hammer or a guy that can spell Rojo. But let Rojo get going. I mean, he's looked to be a guy that could play that part when given that opportunity. So give him the opportunity to do that. It'll open up the play-action game for those wide receivers against this bad secondary. And it could be a high-scoring game for all the Buccaneers. Yeah, I don't believe what Bruce Arian says. But I'm glad me and him agree. You know, I, I'm glad we agree. And that was complete. I didn't know that he said that. And it's really hard to believe anything that Bruce Arians says. But I think that that is a winning formula. The Tennessee Titans going against the Jacksonville Jaguars, JB. I haven't heard anything about A.J. Brown's injury again. But he seemed banged up last week. And Corey Davis really took a lot, a big advantage of that. He put up huge fantasy numbers for all the owners last week. Those two both are very good when they're on the field together. But Corey Davis excelled last week whenever A.J. Brown wasn't on the field. Is that going to happen again this week? Yeah, I think so, because I think Brown is is still limited with that ankle. And I I think he might have a COVID thing going on, too, doesn't he? Oh, I don't know. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I haven't heard. I think so. But I I, I am on Corey Davis this week, because I think even if if you do see Brown out there, if he's limited at all, it's going to draw the attention over to that side of the ball to Davis. So he's been playing really well, and I think he continues that this week. I think it's it's a good spot against this Jacksonville defense, which is very vulnerable. So I do think that it's going to be a smash Derrick Henry week coming off of a down week. I think they're going to want to get him going again against a bad defense. But this Jacksonville team has is, is been putting up fights, so Tannehill's probably going to have to throw the ball a bit this week too. So I think Davis does benefit. 
Uh, A.J. Brown ankle did not practice Thursday. Brown was helped off the field. Blah, blah. Didn't mention anything about COVID, though. I don't see any COVID uh, restrictions off of him, but he doesn't practice Thursday. So since he didn't practice Thursday, it's a possibility that Corey Davis could be in another huge spot this week. What about that tight end, Ferkser? Uh, he made all of his, uh, I don't know, his his hay last week on the very last drive. I was watching that game. Oh, don't ask me why I was watching the last drive of that. I don't. I have no idea why I was watching the last drive of that game. But Ferkser was catching pass after pass after pass, and it helped all the fantasy owners. But we can't trust any of those tight ends in Tennessee right now, even if Tannehill is throwing them the ball. No, and, and I think if A.J. Brown misses, then the tight end does become somebody who – can be a red zone target, but it's going to be that crap shoot to try to get a touchdown out of them. You know, it's, it's, it's not something you could rely on. You're right. I mean, Ferkser pretty much had most of his receptions in garbage time when they were driving down the field against the soft defense. So, you know, people want to dunk on you for your calls and, and say that their calls were better than your call, but yeah, you really got to read into the game script and what actually happened. Well, I guess fantasy numbers count no matter when they're put up there. But uh, yeah, and, and I don't know if I if I'm really trusting uh, what, what's his name, Cameron Batson Bateson uh, as a wide receiver there. I, I think I'd put all my eggs in the Corey Davis basket myself. What about for the Jaguars, man? My guy Glennon is doing really good. He's doing fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Will he keep on doing that though this week against that Titan uh, secondary? Yeah, the Titans secondary is definitely beatable as well. So I think Glennon, we said it as soon as he got named the starter. He came out and said, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to chuck the rock and I'm going to make some plays. So, you know, he's been doing that and he's been throwing the ball and he's been throwing pretty well. You know, I, I don't know if you saw the first touchdown last week. That was like an accidental touchdown yeah. that just landed in Chenault's hands after being ricocheted. So uh, it's working out for them, whatever they're doing. So I do think he still continues to throw. I, I think that those pass catchers are, are going to be viable options as long as he continues to chuck. So that's a sneaky stack on that Jacksonville offense in a game that they'll probably be playing from behind believe that I have really seriously considered. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks, and I, I don't think I'm crazy in thinking that I'm going to take Glennon over Murray in my fantasy playoffs. <laughs> I can't I, don't, I can't believe I'm saying that stuff. All right, I so, still think that's a little crazy, but hey, <laughs> Kevin Tompkins thinks Colin Johnson's going to be at uh, 20, score over 20 fantasy points this week. So, well, that's I mean, if he you. does that, and you got Chark, and you got Chenault, and of course you got James Robinson, yeah. I mean, that means Glennon could put up points. All right, and is and is Tyler Eifert fantasy relevant right now? I think he is as one of those crapshoot tight ends. You know, he he's a guy who who's a, a red zone target. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's their big body. Those wide receivers that they have there aren't really big bodied receivers, so he's their big body if they get into the red zone that they would go after. So yeah, yeah. if you if you're throwing a dart at a tight end at a low price trying to get a touchdown, he's he's playable. That's what he did in Cincinnati, too, is he caught, he caught a lot of touchdowns, and that's what Tyler Afford does well. For Indianapolis, I got three words for you, JB. T.Y. Hilton. All right? I don't know if that's really three words or not. That's just, if, you, if your name's <laughs> T.Y., though, hey, how is it not three words? But T.Y. Hilton's really taken over that uh, main studly wide receiver role in Indianapolis again, and I'm not sure that Pittman's ever going to get that back. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, he has looked great, and he looks like he drank from a fountain of youth, and these last couple of games, and, and I watched a lot of this game, I, I said last week, 
And I think that what I saw from Hilton was like a determination. Like he looked youthful. He looked energetic out there, which I didn't see in the beginning of the season out of him. So if that continues, then I absolutely agree with you that he's a guy that you could definitely put out there and trust in your lineups. That being said, T.Y. Hilton always destroys Houston. So I don't know if last week's game was just a product of, of that matchup that he seems to love or if it really was a resurgence from him. I hope it's the latter. Because, you know, you'd want to put him in there and rely on him. And uh, you like to see it. The guy's a fun guy to watch. So you like to see it. And I hope it continues. Uh, for the tight ends for Indianapolis, man, there's it's a it's a crowded tight end room, I believe. Whenever you got Burton out there, he kind of seems gimmicky. And he's getting 36% of the snaps for him. But he's just not there out there. He's not out there on the field. But yet he's producing fantasy-wise. But you can't really trust that. And I don't know that you can trust any of those tight ends, JB. Am I, am I wrong on that? No, I'm with you on that, Wes. I think that I'm repelled by that whole tight end room right now because it is such a a revolving door. It's such a a juggle that they have going on there, and you don't know who it's going to be in what situation. So I'm going to repel off of that tight end group. At PFF grades that the Indianapolis Colts will have the best running back grade this week, and they are in a great matchup right here. Hines is a flex player, right? We can put him in there safely because he sees enough volume and he's explosive enough to be able to pay off in a flex role, depending on how deep the league is, of course. But you could put Taylor in there as an RB2 as, at this point, can't you? I agree. I, I I would put him in as an RB2, maybe even a high-end RB2, because uh, the Raiders do give up a lot of touchdowns to running back. They have improved against running backs, but they give up a lot of touchdowns to running backs. So I could see Taylor getting in once, maybe even twice this week. Oh, all right. What about the Las Vegas Raiders? They really let me down the last two weeks. I, I, you know, in the fit picks anyway, they let me down uh, against Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. And then they let me down again against the Jets, man, because I I, <laughs> I thought I was going to pick the Jets. I, I didn't quite pick them, I don't think, in the fit picks. I haven't gone back and looked because my eyes have been closed on whether or not I picked <laughs> the Jets or the Raiders. But I really wanted to. Uh, they've just barely gotten by, though, last week. They, they're not playing that well, JB. And against these Colts, it looks like the Colts should be able to smash them up a little bit yeah and that's what I worry about because it looks like we're going to be without Jacobs again this week and you saw the running game couldn't get going against the Jets granted the Jets are a decent run defense for a bad team but you're coming in against Indy now who has a very strong defense all around so I think those corners will have a good matchup shutting down those outside receivers whoever gets Rhodes I don't know if Rhodes is going to shadow Aguilar or just play aside so I don't know. I think it, it would have to be Waller that gets going in order for this offense to have a shot. But it's a tough matchup, and, and it stinks because my dynasty league, Derek Carr is my quarterback, and I'm in a playoff matchup against the number one seed this week, and uh, i got to go in there with Derek Carr and hope for the best. Ooh, yes, you do. I'm not falling into the backup running back narrative ever again, JB. It's just, it's, it, we just can't do it. I can't. Don't ever let me say Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker. If I do ever say stuff like that, then just remind me, eight and eight weeks, Wes, it might come true. Like, just like my Edo Smith little take I had early in the year, too. <laughs> uh, it, just eight weeks. But he was a real big disappointment last week. I don't think that we could trust him against this Indianapolis defense either. But which wide receivers would you like in this one or none for the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, probably none, to be honest okay. with you, because I, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. So I am going to stick with Waller. And, and I might think of Aguilar as like a a flex if you need him and and just hope that he doesn't get a road shadow. All right. Well, let's play the little game here for page two, JB. 
Uh, 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 this is a good ones. I think here. Uh, would you like T. Y. Hilton or Parker if he plays? T. Y. Hilton. T. Y. or Davis. Davis. All right. I don't. Uh, what? What Davis? Corey Davis. Wh- Corey. Corey Davis. Of course, Corey <laughs> Davis. I knew that. I knew that. All right. Corey Davis or Antonio Brown. Ooh, Corey Davis. I had A.J. Brown in there, too, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. So I'm going to skip over him. Davis or Godwin? Godwin. Godwin or Evans? <laughs> Godwin because he's healthier. Okay. All right. I can't believe you're – I heard you talking about that with Evans. and I can't believe you're counting him out. That guy has been solid money, money, money. And uh, I just – I think that's smokescreen. I think that's your Tampa Bay Buccaneers putting up a smokescreen. Godwin <laughs> or Jefferson? Ooh. <laughs> Oh man, Godwin by like the slightest margin. All right, Godwin or Thielen? Godwin, because okay, I have I Jefferson over Thielen. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna see if you liked. Uh, and then Godwin or Hill? Hill. Okay, I agree with you there. I definitely can't disagree with you on that at all. Running backs, would you like Taylor or Hines? Taylor. Taylor or Jake uh, Jacobs if he plays? Taylor, because I don't think Jacobs plays. Taylor or Ceh? Taylor. Taylor or Gaskin? Gaskin. Oh, okay. Gaskin or Rojo? Mm. Gaskin, because I think the Bucks will throw a lot. Gaskin or Robinson? Gotta go Robinson. Boy, isn't that, isn't that Kev? Uh, his theory about picking up people and, and all that. And Robinson didn't even go drafted on a lot of things, and there's Robinson being the stud yep. that he is. Robinson or Cooks? Oh, Dalvin Cook. I, yeah, tough matchup for Cook, but you, you got to go Cook, I guess. It's it's closer than you think, but you got to go Cook. Cooks or Henry? Henry. Okay, all right. I, coming back at guess who? guess who played Henry in the Baby Bowl last week? Jamie, that's all I could say. All these people oh, are disappointing man. baby pulpit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I bought into the, the December narrative for Derrick Henry. Uh, Ty yeah, Davis, but there's I, still a couple more December games you could have saved him for. <laughs> I was going after a championship, man. I was going after a cha- I was going after <laughs> one week. Being, I still got some players, though. I still got players. Uh, Tyler Eifert or Gronk? Gronk. Gronk or Gusecki? Gusecki. Gusecki or Waller? Waller. Waller or Kelsey? Ooh. Oh, man. Um, I think it's got to be Waller because he's the only guy that they could trust in that offense. Okay, this was a juicy page. It was a juicy page. As far as quarterbacks go, would you like Tua or Carr? Oof, I hate Carr's matchup, but I, I don't love Tua's either. So I guess I'll lean Carr because I think he's a slightly better quarterback. Carr or I have no idea what I wrote down there. It can't be that many quarterbacks here, and I'm trying to quickly tell you which one. It's Carr or somebody with a T-A. Tannehill. Something. Tannehill. That's it, Tannehill. <laughs> I'm glad you can I'll read my Tannehill. writing. I'm glad you can read my writing. <laughs> Tannehill or Cousins? Tannehill. Tannehill or, or Rivers? Tannehill. Wow. Tannehill or Brady? Brady. Brady or Mahomes? Mahomes. All right, I was making sure you were being honest. With you know, <laughs> Homer, just, check, <laughs> Homer check, Homer check, Homer <laughs> check. 
The New York Giants faced the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks had a terrible week last week. They just got trounced by the New York Giants. My team. My team, the New York Giants, by the way. I've been on them all oh, year long. Oh, now you're a Giants fan? I've I been on them all year long, JB. I kind of <laughs> put them as a as a sneaky little playoff pick at the beginning of the year, and I was getting lambasted at on Twitter for that, but uh, they seem to be a little bit better. That, you know, that, that uh, NFC East, right? That that division might be a little bit better than we all thought it was. At some point, they were the laughing stock, but now it seems like they really could have maybe better defenses than we all gave them credit for. Outside of Dallas, of course. Outside of Dallas. Yeah, I mean, the, the, we saw the Giants' defense do a great job against Seattle last week. We saw Washington defense, you know, come out and beat an undefeated team with a beautiful goal line stand in the first half. I don't know if you saw that. That was awesome. So, yeah, those two teams come in with really good defenses. And you saw what the Giants did to Seattle last week. The problem is I don't think the Jets could do the same thing, and I don't think it'll even be close. This is a perfect get-right spot for Seattle to bounce back against the other New York team this week and just put a walloping on the Jets. Yeah, it's possible the Jets ended up being able to keep that one-game lead for the worst, for the best draft pick next year. <laughs> and I, you know, I know the dude got fired, whatever, whoever, whatever his name is. I can't remember his name. His name slips well, my yeah. mind. New York, yeah, yeah, New, old New Orleans Saints guy and all that stuff. Uh, it, it, I, I thought they did it on purpose. So they could lose the game. I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna lose. We're gonna we're gonna win this yeah. game. We're gonna lose out. So we're gonna blitz everybody because our guy John Frazella, he's been saying that the Jets have intentionally been throwing games sneakily that people can't see how they're doing it. And so you throw an all-out blitz there, so they you know they could just throw it up, and you, you could hear the defensive linemen whispering too, you know, and and the cornerbacks whispering, "Hey, we're coming at you. Just throw it deep, and we're not gonna do anything <laughs> about it." Yeah, I mean they called that play tank formation. Um, and then they sent the house and left their cornerbacks one-on-one. And these cornerbacks, the guys, if you remember, on their bye week, they got rid of like their best secondary players. Mm-hmm. So you got these guys coming off the street playing one-on-one in, in a you know a game-winning or a game-losing possession. So yeah, I think that was definitely tank formation right there. Uh, I'm not, I say that I'm not buying into the narrative of backup court running backs being able to play well, and I'm not going to trust them anymore. But man, I sure do want to trust Ty Johnson, JB, and I want to trust Jamal Adams. What kind of nerve do the New York Jets have running Frank Gore out there? Yes, paying homage to him. Yes, showing him some respect. But man, those two running backs came in last week and just lit him up on fire, man. Those two guys can run all over the field. Are you trusting either one of those running backs? And it was like a 60-30 timeshare last week yeah i think ty johnson's a guy who look he came out and ran for over 100 yards last week when gore went down early if gore does not clear concussion protocol and doesn't play this week i'll go back to that well even in a kind of tough matchup seattle's run defense isn't that bad you know they're pretty bad against the pass but they're not bad against the run but if if ty johnson's gonna get the volume and I don't know. Adam Gaze was saying that he hopes that Gore will be able to play. So we got to keep an eye on the practice report. Yeah, exactly. Can't listen to anything he says, but we'll have to watch that Friday practice report. If he does practice in any sort of capacity, it looks like, you know, he might be trending towards playing. If he doesn't, yeah, I'm going to stick with Ty Johnson and he'll probably be a good low priced option in, in your DFS lineups. In some foreign language, the New York Jets and bounce back go well together. I mean, I think that that's, that's one word that goes into the other. Do you look at this as being a bounce back game for Lockett and DK? And if so, which one? Uh, DK. 
Definitely DK. I think this is going to be a week where you get two or three touchdowns out of DK. I think Russ is going to just completely put the pedal to the metal and he wants to get back on track. Look, he might he might be realizing that, man, I was the MVP front runner. I definitely lost that at this point, but I'm going to come out there and remind people why we're a team that you guys were talking about. And, and I think DK is a, I want to say top two wide receiver play this week because I think he and and Adams both have great matchups and they're both going to go off this week okay all right and I just want to remind you because you've been I remember you telling me this at the beginning of the year that Tyler Lockett kind of didn't finish the season strong last year because of injury JB he's not finishing the season strong again this year it might be one of those things where we take Tyler Lockett early in the year we're gonna have to keep our uh, eyeballs on this on this season as it goes on and look at watch Tyler Lockett but if that's the case we probably need to start trading him off of our season longs about halfway through the season yeah I mean that's a viable strategy and I think he'll have a decent game this week too I mean look it's the Jets secondary we just talked about it's guys off the street it's undrafted players that you never heard of so he's going to be matching up with Arthur Mollette out of the slot this week so nobody's ever heard of this guy he was an undrafted player out of Memphis so I think it's an opportunity for him to score too look if if I said DK is going to score two or three touchdowns there's room for Lockett to score one too I mean they could put up 50 points this week all right, Carson's a full go, full steam ahead for the Jets. Mims is going to be out this week. What about their wide receivers? Do you think that Crowder can have a good game? I know you don't like the Seattle uh, slot corner. Yeah, and, and they can be picked on in their secondary, and I think the Jets are going to be playing from behind, so Darnold is going to have to throw, and he looked to Crowder a lot last week. So Crowder's definitely a guy you could start in you know a wide receiver three or a flex role. I, I do think he's a viable play, and if Mims is missing this game, then Perriman becomes playable too because they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. All right. Atlanta at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers got stomped and then rolled over and stomped again by the New England Patriots. And the Atlanta Falcons are just continuing to play hard, JB. Uh, they, all three of them. Can we play all three of those wide receivers this week? All three for of the, the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Receivers? Yeah, I'm sorry for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> um, I don't know that I trust Gage that much. He's a nice complimentary piece, but yeah, I would definitely think Julio and Ridley are both wide receiver one territory this week. It's nice to have Julio back out there healthy. You know, he, he's been kind of like a decoy. So I think healthy Julio helps Julio and Ridley and obviously Matt Ryan too. So Gage can be a low end flex option. Ridley and Jones wide receiver one options. Hurst is a viable tight end option, and Ryan's a viable quarterback option. Okay, what about the three running backs? As they split time there in in Atlanta, you can't trust any of those guys right now at this point, can you? No, I I wouldn't. And and obviously, if you have to play Gurley, you're hoping that he gets into the end zone. But he he looks to be like just completely shot at this point. So I, I don't really trust it. Okay, so we're repelled against that. I know I'm repelled against Atlanta after they let me down last week in those fit picks. Man, I was so close, JB. They were <laughs> they were right at the goal line, too, man. They were right at the goal line. And then Todd Gurley decided to run backwards for 10 yards. So I don't know what <laughs> happened there. I don't know what happened there. They do say that they want to get Gurley a lot more touches and concentrate on the run. I will tell you that, that the coaching staff there in Atlanta has said that this week once again. I don't know that I believe anything coming out of Atlanta because with the Chargers they may have to be playing the the Falcons may be having to play from behind because that Charger offense is real good and I think this is a good smash spot for Herbert and Allen to connect again I could see them really tearing it up on Sunday JB 
Yep, absolutely. Allen is another top play. He gets Isaiah Oliver out of the slot, who's definitely beatable. So I like Herbert. I like Allen. I like Hunter Henry. I love Eckler. And you could even start Mike Williams as a flex in this matchup. I mean, Atlanta's defense has been improved since the the interim head coach take over there from Raheem Morris. But I I think this could be a high-scoring game and a shootout from both sides of the ball. Yeah, definitely firing up Eckler as well. The Green Bay Packers against Lions. Uh, Adams, where are you drafting Devontae Adams next year, JB? Where? You know what, Wes? I'm never a guy that like is a first-round wide receiver guy, but he's a first-round talent. So if I'm picking at the end of the first round and there's not a, a running back that I love there, then I would take him in the first round, I guess. He's just he's that guy. Okay, so you're taking CMC over him. You're taking Cooks over him. You're taking Derrick Henry over him. I'd still take Saquon over him, too, I think. Obviously, okay. we'll see how healthy he comes back. But, yeah, right. after that, it becomes a question mark. After okay. that, you got to start thinking about him. You you really do, I think. Uh, Alan Lazard, is the number two there, or is it Tonian in Green Bay? It's Lazard. <laughs> I I roll my eyes because I had a, there was a guy on Twitter that that Kevin Coop were were debating with and even Loop was debating with today that was saying that Tanyan is just as good if not better than Travis Kelsey and I think we're taking this Tanyan hype a little too far like <laughs> he's been playing a role he's the fourth option or a third option at best on a team that just look he gets he, he happens to get the targets in the right place sometimes he's not at that elite level I don't think he's a top he's in the tight end landscape we're in right now yeah he probably falls into the back end of the top 10 but he's nothing more than that I I I think the hype okay all right the Green Bay Packers I think are are DFS gold this week I think you could take them with all kinds of confidence build all kind of stacks even around their running backs Jones or and I don't I don't want to say Williams this week because I just can see how they got they got to get Jones a little bit more involved I, I don't know what's going on there JB yeah, I don't either. And I asked Kev because he's a Packers fan, and, and it's just, it, it, there's really no answer to it. And Jones is a free agent after this year, so you would think they would want to run him into the ground if they don't plan on paying him. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And, and I think Rodgers just wants to establish himself as the MVP, and he just keeps throwing touchdown passes. And when you got Adams doing what he's doing, you might as well keep throwing. And in this matchup against the bad and beat up Detroit secondary, Probably going to see some more of that, Rogers, to Adams, you know, two or three times in the end zone. Yes, sir. Detroit Lions, are they're a little bit faster paced. I think they're trying to play at a faster pace. But with no DeAndre Swift again this week, does it? at least that's what I'm hearing. Have you heard anything differently? No, it doesn't look good for him. So I don't think he will be playing. And I can't trust Peterson either. And, and even though you like to start running backs against Green Bay, he just... Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> this may be his final hurrah though jb i mean it's it is against the packers and he it, it, for a long time he was running all over the packers too and i could just see him really going at it but i think that the detroit lions are really going to start passing the ball again in this game because they're going to be from behind and that means uh, uh marvin jones jr 94 percent of the snaps he played last week 94 percent of the snaps to me that means that his energy level has got to be on a zero and he's and he's due for an injury at any point right now if he's playing that much TJ's on the field for 28% of the the time, and he really looks like he's in a, a, a just a hawk smash kind of a role or a kind of a game right here. Am I am I thinking wrong on this TJ Hawkinson take of mine? 
No, he's going to need to be involved because especially if Galladay doesn't play, which it doesn't look like, Marvin Jones Jr. is probably going to draw a lot of Jair Alexander, which we know is a terrible matchup for Marvin Jones Jr. So I think it's going to have to be Hawkinson, and it could be a sneaky DFS spot for your boy Cephas. I know they had cut Marvin Hall because they said they wanted to take a look at some of the young receivers, and that's Cephas. So it might be time for Cephas to shine for you, bro. I don't know about that. I mean, even last week, he, he had uh, uh, two catches, four targets, I think, 63 yards and a touchdown. You know, 14 fantasy points, I guess, but just didn't seem like the volume was there. I, I don't know. It's going to be hard for me to trust the Detroit Lions outside of Hawkinson uh, this week. Maybe it's just the Bears fan in me that won't allow me to do that. The new- As my bold take for the week is Cephas finds the end zone and scores a touchdown this week. All right, there you go. Bold take. I just <laughs> put a little bold star right there. JB, what are they doing to my Alabama quarterbacks, man? It seems like the NFL's got something out to prove. I mean, they threw Tua in there against the Los Angeles Rams that first game. That is not fair, okay? You can't put Tua in there against the Los Angeles Rams. And here they're going to take Jalen Hurts and put him against the New Orleans Saint defense that has been playing out of their mind right now, uh, going up against Taysom Hill, which seems like a great narrative for television, right? You got Taysom Hill, who's that running kind of quarterback. You got Jalen Hurts, who's that running kind of quarterback. But man, those New Orleans Saints are just playing so well right now. They haven't lost a game in what seems like forever, J.B., yeah, they are, which tells me they're due for a letdown, but I don't know that they're going to lose a game to Hurts in his first start in a struggling Philly team. I think Hurts did give him a little shot in the arm last week when he came in and replaced Carson Wentz, and I think that's why Doug Peterson decided to go with him again this week because it's given that team a little jolt that they need. I just don't think this matchup, like you said, is the best one for him to come in on, and I don't know that he'll be able to have much success here. Yeah, I agree with you. And we're firing up. I have no concerns over firing up anybody uh, for the New Orleans Saints as far as their big ones, you know, Taysom and and uh, Kamara and even Thomas. But what about Murray? Can we fire up Murray this week? Um, I think you can continue to use Murray as a flex as long as Taysom Hill's the quarterback. I think they are going to still need that guy to run between the tackles. And yes, they made a concerted effort to make Kamara more involved last week. But I do think there is still a role for Murray between the tackles as long as Taysom Hill's the quarterback. Real quick, what I wanted to touch on is Jalen Rager. It's a tough matchup for him this week. But if you remember, he and Hurts, if Hurts continues to be the starting quarterback for Philly... He and Hurts were both second teamers in the offseason. So they have worked together and might have a little bit of a connection. That's one of the things you like to look at. Yeah, I do. And he played 71% of the snaps last week. Only one target, though. I think it was for a touchdown. You know who I had on that little that little cheat sheet like that, though? Greg Ward. I think, no, not even Greg Ward. Alshon Jeffrey. I think on the side that him and Alshon started throwing the ball around a little bit. And last week, if anybody looked like Jalen Hurts, I saw the game, and he threw a pass to Alshon that I said, whoa, look at that connection, right? And Alshon had pushed off on the defender and everything, and he caught the ball. (laughs) But it it was a good catch. It was a good throw and all that. And I went, wow, where did that kind of come from? Because it seemed like there had to be a rapport there to do that. Now, look. I think it's a really good place for Rigor. I really do, because he's the kind of guy that when Jalen starts to improvise, I think we'll be able to find the open spots, right? Because he, he he's a burner, and he can mm-hmm. find those open spots. And so, yes, Jalen Hurts could be surprising, just not against this New Orleans Saint defense. I This 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 really scares me, and I, I'm going to petition the league because I just don't think it's fair. Okay, I just I just don't think. And by the way, Fogum <laughs> was losing some of his snap shares to Alshon. Alshon went up to fifty six percent of the snaps last week, so he might be getting in a little bit of shape to find more play on the field. 
All right, JB. Yep. Uh, uh, let's go. Tight ends. Hurst or Cooks for New Orleans? Hurst. Uh, Hurst or Ertz? <laughs> Hurst. Ertz? Uh, Hurst. Oh, you said Hurst. <laughs> Hurst <laughs> or Hunter? Who? Hunter, Hunter Henry? Uh, yeah, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Oh, Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry or Tanyan? Hunter Henry. <laughs> Hunter or Hawk? Oh, that's close, but I'll still lean Hunter. Okay. Hunter. Oh, really? I was expecting something else there. I, I had circled something else. Hunter or Goder? Goder. Oh, um, I don't know what kind of connection Hertz will have with Goddard, so okay. I'll stick with Hunter Henry. All right. Hunter Henry is your winner out of the... Wow, that JB, that's... I had him down there towards the bottom even, man. I had him down towards the bottom of that thing. So I put them all in order of the way I would rank them personally, you know. So whenever I hear you do that, it's it's surprising to me. Perriman or Rieger? Oof. Uh, Perriman if Mims doesn't play. Perriman or Jeffries? I guess Jeffrey. Okay, all right. Hey, Alshon, how are you doing there, sir? <laughs> Alshon or Crowder? Crowder. Crowder or Lazard? Crowder. Crowder or Lockett? Hmm. That's going to be close, but I'll, I'll throw that to Lockett. Uh, Lockett or MJJ the third, or whatever it is. Lockett, because he's getting shut down this week. Lockett or Ridley? Ridley. Ridley or Jones? Hmm. Ridley. Ridley or DK? DK. DK or Allen? DK. Keenan Allen? DK, 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 DK. Really? DK, DK, and freak. DK and, and oh, Adams is going to be oh, the final. DK oh, or Thomas. DK or Michael <laughs> Thomas. DK. Michael Thomas has not scored a touchdown this year, JB. Nope. Just putting that. Nope. And D- Taysom's starting to throw to him, so he probably does score this week, I think. Uh, and DK or Adams. Mm. <laughs> That's a tough one. It is. It is. And I want to say DK, but I think they both scored three touchdowns this week. So can they tie? Can they both be number one? This is our game. We can do whatever we want. Uh, And I I did. I had Deke. And I thought that the the question would be good there. But I like Allen's spot, too, a lot. This is a great wide receiver page right here. Page three was a great wide receiver page. Running backs, Ty Johnson or Detroit Lions? Ty Johnson, as long as Gore doesn't play. Let's assume Gore doesn't play. Okay. All right. Uh, Ty Johnson or Jones? Ty Johnson. Oh, really? 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 Yeah, I, I just think that Green Bay is going to throw. I don't know why. They just, they've been, I, I'm kind of off of Jones because I just don't know. I don't like the way they're using them. All right. Ty Johnson or Eckler? Eckler. Eckler or Carson? Eckler. Eckler or Kamara? Eckler. Okay, Eckler all the way, JB. Wow, wow, wow. These you got my middle guys here. You're you're doing <laughs> uh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts or Darnold? Oof. Uh, Darnold. Darnold or Herbert? Herbert. Herbert or Ryan? Herbert. Herbert or Stafford? Herbert. Herbert or Taysom? Herbert. Herbert or Russ? Russ. Okay, Russ or Rodgers? This week, I think I have, like, I think I have it as Mahomes, Russ, Rodgers this week. So I'll go, okay. I'll go Russ. 
Okay, Russ, Russ, very good, very good. I can't believe you shot, you shot. What's his name, uh, Herbert, all the way up the ranks like that. I guess you just I don't. Herbert's like QB five this week. Okay, all right, very good. The guy like that. Which, I like this, which makes sense as to why I have Hunter Henry so high, and you know, like I, I think Eckler so high. I think that Chargers team comes back out this week and puts up some pointage. 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 <laughs> That's, that's good. Uh, I like that. Hey, everybody's listening to Fantasy Magnus here. That's J.B. Barry, of course, being very consistent in his rankings. You can find him on Twitter at FantasyCoachJB. You can find me on Twitter at LoafinIt as well. And don't forget to make sure you subscribe to the show and everything. J.B., we got three more games left here. The Washington football team versus the San Francisco 49ers. The football team had a huge victory, a big victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. And that was really good to see. Kind of solidified Alex Smith's comeback player of the year award, I believe. Uh, Gibson looks like he is going to be out. So do you like McKissick or do you like your guy, Peyton? Is that his name? Peyton? Peyton Barber. Yeah, Peyton Peyton Barber. And I think Peyton Barber will be the guy that gets the between the tackle runs, be the red zone goal line back. But I do think McKissick plays a bigger role this week. I think that San Francisco's been playing pretty good. So I think they're going to I think they're going to put Washington to the test, even though Washington's defense is good. This might be a lower scoring game as you know, evident of the 43 over under. So Vegas doesn't expect them to score a lot of points either. And I think they're going to have to use McKissick as a pass catcher out of the backfield. He's more of a playmaker than Peyton Barber. If they get it down to the goal line, then yeah, it's going to be Barber that gets the carry, but I would lean McKissick over Barber. Okay. Uh, the, there's, there's the Sims guys being a good wide receiver there as well. He's looking like he's getting a little bit of run as the opposite uh, guy of McLaurin right there. Who, who do you like better in this matchup? Because San Francisco does have a really stout defense, or do you like none of them? How do you call him the Sims guy? He's an Alabama guy, Wes. How are you not well, all over him? Well, He's a I mean, five receiver from Alabama. Yeah, but I mean, whenever you're with McLaurin, you got Alex Smith throwing the ball five yards at the most downfield. It just seems like it's really hard to get attached to any of these guys, especially with the injury histories that that the wide receivers seem to have in in Washington. So I just, you know, you know, I just, you know, how do you? you don't want to get your hopes too high. I, I get it, and especially. Well, week it's a tough matchup this week Jason Verrett and Richard Sherman two outside corners that have been playing excellent so I think it's going to be a tough matchup for the pass catchers on Washington obviously in your season long you're going to stick with Terry and hope that he can do some work on those corners but I don't really trust those outside receivers the only guy I really trust in this offense on an every week basis now is it's got to be Logan Thomas right what a role he's taking in huh no, it really is uh, just just out there on the field all day, all night for the Washington football team right now. And he, he seems to be matchup proof at this point, even though he doesn't have a great grade on PFF right now against this uh, San Francisco 49er uh, defense. But I know he didn't last week either against uh, against Pittsburgh. But, man, he just defies all those odds. It just doesn't matter uh, right now. So I think Logan Thomas is one of those winners, and I'm sure he's not out there on people's free agency list. But I definitely would keep my eyes open for Cam C- it's just hard to trust anybody as a number two wide receiver in this in this offense. If his name isn't McKissick, I think McKissick is the number two wide receiver mm-hmm. right now at this point. You know. Yep. All right, San Francisco 49ers, They they are a fantasy unfriendly team, JB, because they have like 30 players that get one point for fantasy, and nobody gets a lot of points for fantasy. Well, unless your name is Brandon Ayuk, but we don't know if it's an Ayuk week, if it's a Debo week. I just don't know how to play these guys for fantasy. 
Yeah, it's tough, and and you, you'd like to see Debo get more involved now that he's healthy, but you saw Ayuk take that role last week, and it was the first time that we saw them both really healthy out there together at full strength. So it was interesting to see, and I was looking forward to seeing how that played out, and it was Ayuk. And I, I wonder if this week, if Debo is going to be getting a lot of Darby in coverage, then it becomes Ayuk again. I think both of those guys are viable players. I think they're both viable starters. Mm-hmm. I think they're, you know, at worst, low-end wide receiver twos, both of those guys. I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game, so temper expectations, but they're both playable. I'd stick with them both. In that backfield, there's just too many cooks back there in the kitchen to be able to trust any of them, in my opinion. And even in a tight end role without... Uh, without Kittle back there, they're they're playing at a fifty fifty percent snap share right now. I just I I don't know. I I don't know what to do with this San Francisco Forty Nine er team. I would probably put Debo or Ayuk in there as a wide receiver three or even a flex spot if I did have them. But I'm not sure I could trust any of those running backs. No, I repel from that whole running game. But what I did notice, and yes, you're right about the snap share on those tight ends. But it's Reed that's the pass catching tight end, mm-hmm. and it's a revenge game this week yes. going going against Washington. So. I do think Reed is one of those dart throw tight ends you could roll out there this week. But, yeah, I am repelled against that backfield. I don't trust them. Pittsburgh coming off their first loss, which I actually think is going to be good for fantasy because there is not, uh, there haven't been a lot of uh, undefeated teams in the NFL over the years that the NFL has played. And, and I think the pressure was getting a little bit too much. So this could be a big relief for them. But I'm going to say this, Claypool, who is looking a little bit banged up this week, he only had 44% of the snaps last week. And Jace Washington took over 54%. And he had pretty big game last week uh against uh, against uh whoever it was they played who they played washington. washington and i think that yeah yeah so i think that this could really help them loosen up you know they don't have that pressure anymore they don't have to think about being undefeated jb do you think they let washington have a big game against washington because his name is washington and they played against washington you just blew my mind. Okay. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think that what happened was the end of the game before it was Washington that made the big play and triple coverage. And Ben in his post game interview spoke to how, you know, I just threw the ball up to Washington and I trust he can make a big play. He's my big play receiver. When I need a guy that makes a play, I know I could trust James Washington to make a play. And I think that they kind of wanted to reward him for that and gave him a more expanded role. Um, there's just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense, and that's without even taking account that they stopped running the football. With Connor coming back now this week, I think they might realize, look, yeah, they lost last week, and they almost lost the week before. They might need to run the rock in order to get something going to get this offense back clicking again. I don't know that they're going to give them 25 carries, obviously. I think they still are a pass-first team, but I do think they need to get Connor involved, and that's going to take some targets away from those wide receivers. So it's, it's going to be a confusing week, I think, out of, out of Pittsburgh. I want to see what they give us this week. Yeah, I don't know that I trust uh, Connor this week to be able to do anything until I see it to believe it. I think you could put up all those Pittsburgh Steelers right now. In Buffalo, I didn't realize Josh Allen was that big, JB, but he's a big dude, and he's pretty fast, too. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, they always say, I mean, we saw it last year. His rushing ability is what got him, you know, noticed and got him all those fantasy points. But, yeah, he's big and fast, man. He's a weapon. Yeah, I really do. And uh, does this look like a good matchup, though, for Stefan Diggs? I, I know it's against Pittsburgh, but is is can you play him with any kind of confidence, or is this even a week that you should bench him? 
No, I don't think you could bench him. Look, if you're in the fantasy playoffs this week, he's part of the reason that you're there. So I don't think you could bench him. I think you got to give him credit. You got to put him out there. Yeah, it's a downgrade in the matchup, but it's no time to get cute in your fantasy playoffs. If you, if you got digs there, you're starting them. All right. All right. That's fine. Nobody in the backfield. I know Singletary got a lot of those snaps. I actually want to say, if it wasn't against Pittsburgh, that this would be a Moss week. Because once somebody gets benched for that, they, they kind of you know get upset and they want to go out and prove something. And Moss is a pretty big guy. But you just can't put anybody from the backfield against the Steelers, can you? No, I don't think you can. And, and I've, I've been a Moss advocate for a while, and I'd like to go back out there with him. But I don't think you can trust either of this backfield between the timeshare and the tough matchup. I'm going to repel this week. All right. All right. I'm with you. So we're just starting. We're starting Josh Allen with confidence against Pittsburgh. Are we, so are you starting anybody else? You're you're going to probably start I'm pulling start out. Digs, uh, sexy flexy is Dawson Knox. Is that what you're going to tell me? <laughs> no, no, no. But Cole Beasley is flex worthy. I think he has a good role in the slot and he's got a decent matchup against Mike Hilton in the slot. So I think Cole Beasley can be flex worthy. Don't forget what Logan Thomas did to this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Dawson Knox is my sleeper of the week. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns, who Baker was just cooking, man. He was cooking last week. He was having a blast. It's fun to watch Baker Mayfield have fun, man. I don't want to like him, but it is fun to watch him have fun. <laughs> did you see... Um... Hollywood Higgins touchdown when he started to do his dance and then Baker came sliding in like a photographer and it was a really cool celebration. He plays with that youthful exuberance that you like to see and as much as you might not like him as a person or you don't like his stupid commercials, he's fun to watch when he's having success. So uh, it was fun to see last week. It definitely was and I know Kangas enjoyed it. (laughs) You don't like his commercials? No, they're so annoying. I like his commercials. I think they're I think they're brilliant. They're so cheesy. Well, they I are do like cheesy. the deep fried turkey one that they did around Thanksgiving, though. That was cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Hollywood has had a couple of nice nice games here, and that backfield still looks like it's kind of crowded to me. And Gus Edwards had a hundred yard game, but Dobbins looks like the better one. I know we got to fire up Lamar, but who are you putting in the backfield? Are you starting any of those players on your fantasy teams? Um, it looks like Dobbins. It looks like it's Dobbins. That's the guy that has taken over. But I think that this is a tough matchup. You know, you could throw on Cleveland, but you can't really run on them that well. So I think you, it, it's going to be a decent matchup for Marquise Brown. I won't call him Hollywood anymore. I think it is a decent matchup for him. So, I mean, you might want to go out there if you need somebody to put with Jackson. And, of course, Mark Andrews is a guy who you got to start because he's you know, one of those real tight ends out there. So I think Dobbins, Jackson, Andrews, and and maybe Marquise Brown. It's funny. You got the Battle of the Hollywoods this game. Let's see which one actually scores, if it's Marquise Brown or if it's Richard Higgins. They both go by Hollywood. Let's see who earns the nickname this week. Yeah, there may be a little extra advantage. And Baker, we did talk about him. He play, he did play really well. I don't think that they're going to want to throw the ball all that much against Baltimore this week. And I don't know that they can run the ball. But it, do you think that it could be a Chubb week? Yeah, I do. I mean, every week can be a Chubb week. You know, the guy's a, just a, a super talent. So I think you, you have to start him. And he's, you know, one of those low-end RB1s, even in a tough matchup. I think that Hunt is flex-worthy as well. He's going to get some opportunities there. I think that it's a tough matchup for Landry. I mean, you you look at this Baltimore team and you get Marlon Humphrey in the slot a lot. He does line up in the slot. 
So Landry could be seeing a decent amount of Marlon Humphrey. So I, I think the sleeper play might actually be Richard Higgins, who you see Baker kind of having a connection with. Okay. All right. That sounds good, I guess. All right. Let's let's do this last little uh, part here. And let me ask you first about the wide receivers. Would you rather have uh, some of the Cleveland wide receivers? Who do you? And I didn't even ask you. Who do you think has a nice little smash spot for the wide receivers for Cleveland, if any? Yeah, I think, uh, look, Landry gets the most targets, but I think Higgins. Okay. All right. So I'll ask you any of those Cleveland wide receivers, so Higgins or McLaurin. Mm, Even in a tough matchup, I got to go McLaurin. McLaurin or Marquise Brown? Mm, McLaurin. McLaurin or Diggs? Diggs. Diggs or any of the Pittsburgh wide receivers? Diggs. Diggs, okay. Diggs or Debo? Diggs. Diggs or Iook? Probably still Diggs. Really? Against Pittsburgh, JB? That's yeah. No, you're you're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you say that one. All right. How about the San Francisco backfield or the Baltimore backfield? Dobbins. Do- oh, Dobbins, just okay. I, I can't believe it. my my boy, my guy Gus got a hundred yards, and you're still not a believer. Uh, Dobbins or Connor? Oof. See, I don't know what they're gonna do with Connor. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, I want it to be Connor, but I don't know that I could trust it to be Connor. So I'll stick with Dobbins. All right, Dobbins or McKissick? Mm, McKissick. All right, McKissick or Chubb, that's easy. That one wasn't a very Chubb. good one. I, you know, it's Chubb. That, yeah. It's Chubb. It's Chubb. It's easy. It's what Chubb. about for, what about Thomas, Logan Thomas, or Mark Andrews this week? Mark Andrews. All right, I think that that was the only you one. You didn't there. even mix Ebron in there. No, well, I didn't, and I think it's Ebron, Thomas, and Andrews. I think that's easy, right? This week, I think that's e- that's easy one, right? And your boy Dawson Knox. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I should have said Jordan Reed in that revenge game, but he just doesn't. He just doesn't see. He can't see the field all that much. All right. And as far as quarterbacks go, um, let me ask you, Alex Smith or Mullins? Is, is it Mullins who started for San Francisco? Yeah, and I'll go Alex Smith. Smith or Baker? I'll go Baker. Baker or Lamar? Lamar. I think so, too, in that matchup. I think it just has to swing over to Baltimore. Lamar or Ben? I'll go Lamar. Lamar against Josh Allen. See, now this is where I want to go Josh Allen, but the matchup has me leaning Lamar because you could throw on Cleveland. So I think I'm going to slightly put Lamar ahead of Allen this week. Well, see, you say you can throw against Cleveland, but then you're saying it's got to be Lamar. That Lamar can't throw. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> very good very good jb i appreciate your time so much and you do a fantastic job i texted you earlier this week and told you that i appreciated you being ready for anything that i throw at you and you always are and so thank you for all the hard work that you do mr barry hey right back at you man you 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 come out here on this network and put out like a show a day bro you're a grinder if there ever was a grinder so thank you for all the hard work you put in and for allowing me the opportunity to do this with you man this is great i'm glad you enjoy it i hope the listeners enjoy it too they've been sharing things i think we got a little twitter something going on here from jordan loop i don't know if you've seen it or not i i haven't been able to check into it because it's hard for me to multitask and it's hard for the old s4 to multitask and i i'm afraid i get dis, uh, distracted a little bit too easily but i think mr loop may have gotten a complimentary shirt in 
from uh from the fan from the fantasy magnets if i'm not mistaken i told oh, him look at that did he did he is that what he got yep i see it love oh. coming home to fantasy magnets gear by viridian global thanks to loafing it and fantasy coach jb for trusting me with the logo and for hooking me up with some merch that's a good looking logo jb and the really people can is. get that people can get one of those shirts from Viridian Global right now, and it's it's I think it's still on your pinned tweet that you have that with you and Layla right there. Yes, sir, absolutely. Oh. Head on over there, check it out. You can click the link right there. Get on over to Viridian Global, and you can order you some magnets gear and check out some of the other cool stuff they got going on there too. They make some awesome shirts there. They certainly do. Uh, we really appreciate you listening to the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. Go ahead and share it with your friends. Make sure that you follow JB on Twitter, at FantasyCoachJB. You can follow me as well, at It on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show, at FI Today, with a little underscore there, where you can follow all the different co-hosts that are on here, or the hosts even, underneath the bio on Twitter. And head over to Anchor FM. You can subscribe to the show there on whatever listening platform you like to listen to the shows on. And if it happens to be on the iTunes app, Please, everybody, not only share the show, but slap those stars around, leave a comment, leave a review. But more importantly than all those actions, we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.